0: APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. African-American children represent about 14% of the school-aged population in the United States, but they make up 19% of children in special education. For years, policymakers took that disparity to mean that there is racial bias in the way that students with disabilities are identified and treated in public schools. But a new study claims that, contrary to what has been reported in the past, Minorities are actually less likely to be identified as having disabilities than white children, and that means they're less likely to receive the special education services they may need. Paul Morgan led the study at Penn State University, and he's here to explain what he found. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: You write that in the past, research has focused on proving an implicit bias in the way that children are diagnosed and treated for disabilities. And these includes things such as cognitive, emotional learning behaviors, intellectual disabilities. How does your study disprove this theory?
1: Well, I would say the assumption is that all of the things being equal, that type of disparity should not be observed. And because it is being observed, um, some have inferred from the observation of the disparity, that that's indicative of a racial bias that's systemic in schools towards identifying minority children as disabled inappropriately and placing them in special education classrooms inappropriately as a type of de facto segregation away from white uh, children or English-speaking children in general education classrooms. And yet, there's also been a longstanding response by special education researchers as well as others suggesting that the disparity may have a different type of explanation, which is that, unfortunately, minority children in the United States are far more likely to be exposed to the risk factors that themselves increase the risk for disability. So, for example, minorities are more likely to be exposed to um, lead in their environment, they're more likely to be born with low birth weight, things of this nature. And so these uh, gestational, uh, economic, environmental type risk factors increase the likelihood of disability disproportionately experienced by minorities, and that explains the disparity that's observed between the representation in the special education population and what's observed in the general education population. And so that's sort of the context of our study. And sort of paint it, maybe it's not exactly uh, sort of the technically precise way, but if we had a thousand students, half of whom were white and half of whom were black, and those children were otherwise the same on all measured background characteristics, if there was racial bias towards inappropriately identifying children as uh, a minority children as disabled, we would expect as you, as you measured um, sort of rolls of the dice, probabilities of being identified as disabled, that uh, more than 50%, more than 500, of minority children would be identified as disabled. In contrast, if the initially observed disparity was just the result of increased exposure to risk factors themselves related to disability identification, we would expect that if the children were truly otherwise the same on measured background characteristics that minority and non-minority children would have uh, the same probability of being identified as disabled. And what we find is that when you measure the likelihood of being identified as disabled across five different conditions measured from kindergarten entry to the end of middle school that uh, minority children, despite displaying the same background characteristics as non-minority children, are less likely to be identified as disabled.
0: Now, there have been reports that have found in the past that black and white teachers are more likely to label black children as troublemakers than white children, and that uh, black students are three times as likely as whites to be labeled uh, mentally retarded or emotionally disturbed and placed in special ed. Does your research contradict these findings?
1: In terms of our research, we looked across five different uh, disability conditions in learning disabilities, speech language impairments, other health impairments, um, intellectual disabilities, and emotional disturbances. And if you extrapolate from data reported by the Department of Education, that's about 80% of the special education population uh, in terms of disability conditions that are identified and prevalence for those conditions. What we find uh, for minorities, particularly blacks, is a very consistent finding of underdiagnosis relative to children who are otherwise the same in terms of their academic achievement and behavior, and that includes an evident disparity in terms of diagnosis um, and so receipt of treatment for both intellectual disability and emotional disturbance. So unlike which has sometimes been reported, In prior research, we're finding that once you hold all the things the same in terms of academic achievement and behavior, family economic resources, and other factors, that instead um, minority children are less likely to be diagnosed for disabilities, including for intellectual disabilities and for emotional disturbance.
0: Why is that? Do their schools have fewer resources? Are they is there evidence that this is actually um, direct bias against African-American children and children of color? Uh,
1: well, I think that's a that's a good question. And and what's repeatedly being reported and inferred and argued is, as well as there's federal legislation and policy regarding this, um, that there's a tendency for minorities to be overrepresented in special education. But that prior research has largely not satisfied the condition in which we, kind of began the conversation, which is you want to have all the things the same in terms of an apples-to-apples comparison between children who are minorities and children who are not minorities in terms of the factors themselves that relate to disability identification. Now, why are we observing the direction of the disparities that we're, we're seeing in terms of minorities being less likely than otherwise similar white or English-speaking children to be identified as disabled? Um Our study is not designed to actually identify those mechanisms that are underlying the disparity. Now, uh, our results are consistent with some theorized accounts, um, including those that have been put forth both in education as well as in the wider um, social science field, including in pediatrics and public health.
0: Now, there are people who have long said uh, or long warned that children are too often placed in special education as a way to uh, get disruptive kids out of the classroom, that they're basically being sent to this dumping ground, and that uh, children who are sent there erroneously won't reach their full potential. Does your research look at that?
1: Well, in this study, we didn't examine uh, the effectiveness of special education services, particularly for as experienced by children who are minorities. So, uh, you know, I, I hear the question, and the question is, well, isn't special education just a dumping ground? And don't we want children to Uh, with disabilities to uh, avoid going into special education. And I'm cautious about that kind of reaction. And uh, I'm sure that there are disparities in the way that special education services are provided, just like currently there are disparities in the way that general education uh, experiences are provided in the United States. But we don't advocate because minority children, unfortunately, are more likely to go to underfunded or under-resourced schools That doesn't lead to an argument that we shouldn't be providing educational experiences to all children. So uh, there may well be disparities in terms of of the educational experiences that are provided through special education. But some important points to be made are that having the disability designation, being formally recognized as having a disability, it, it then entitles children to schools responding to that disability and providing an adapted, modified educational experience for those children that's designed to uh, mitigate the effects of the disability on their school-based achievement.
0: Thus the Uh, importance of being identified correctly.
1: That's right. That's right. And when and what our results are suggesting is that minority children, even uh, uh, those that are displaying the same characteristics in terms of academic achievement and behavior, are less likely to receive that disability diagnosis and therefore access treatment than children who are white or English speaking. And. Uh, by the way, that result is, is not novel to our study. We have four or five different studies on this or similar topics documenting uh, sizable disparities in terms of disability identification between minority and non-minority children, um, both prior to school entry and following school entry and across uh, long periods of time, including here from the start of elementary school to the end of middle school. and. What that suggests to us is that there may be uh, essentially um, barriers to entry uh, that are making it less likely for minority children to be appropriately identified and so receive treatment for uh, their disabilities.
0: Does it follow that if children, uh, minority children, uh, actually get support services they need for their learning disabilities that the disparities in uh, graduation rates from high school and college going will also be
1: narrowed? Well, that's been hypothesized in the literature, that because at least in part because of a lack of appropriate identification and therefore treatment, that this may uh, help explain to some degree the achievement gaps that have been long documented between uh, minority and non-minority children in the country. Paul
0: Morgan, thank you so much. You bet. It's been my pleasure. Paul Morgan is an associate professor of education at Penn State University. He used to be a special ed teacher himself and has devoted much of his career to researching the effects of interventions for learning and behavioral disabilities. You can find a link to Morgan's report at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. There you'll find more podcasts about issues in K-12 and higher education, and you can browse an archive of more than 100 documentary projects. You can also let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and on Twitter at AM RadioWorks. Support for American RadioWorks comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.